With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Red Sea Podcast, part of the Over the Monster Network. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Hosted by Jake Devereaux. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. And featuring Keaton DeRocher. It's a grand slam. I'm telling you. Welcome back to another edition of the podcast. Without a name, I am running out of different ways to say that every week, so we are bound to get some repeats at some point. But it is me, Matt Collins. I am with Jake Devereaux, as always, every Wednesday morning. Um, we have It has been a week since we recorded, and the Red Sox have as many wins as Jake and I's imaginary baseball team in that time. So, Jake, how are you dealing <laughs> with this uh Losing streak. Sucks, man. Um, just really happy that we have the Bruins in the playoffs and the Celtics in the playoffs to uh, give us some respectable sports teams around here to watch. It's just brutal. This is, and you know, like we knew it was going to be bad, um, but this is just like hell for people that weren't that bad. You know, it's <laughs> it's pretty, this pretty is, terrible. This is definitely the bad place. Um, I am broken at this point. I don't. It doesn't even affect me anymore, um, which is definitely not good. I have lost my mind. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's just really like 
it's mind blowing to me that over the past twenty years, as a Red Sox baseball fan, that we've enjoyed such high highs and such low lows. I'm not sure any fan base really comes close in terms of the amounts of high highs and low lows. Well, last year, this is like my favorite fact about the Red Sox. Last year was the first time since 2011 that they didn't finish in first or last in the division. (laughs) Just just crazy. And now they're going to finish in last again. So they're right back to it. I really would like, uh, you know, just (laughs) I was telling my wife, just like a third place team one year. Just you know, 80 80 some some wins it's fine yeah. like just give me that yeah exactly. if if those are my expectations like i can live through that i i predicted them to go 28 and 32 and i would uh absolutely kill for that record right now that winning percentage i heard yesterday that they were on pace for about 44 wins and i think that might be 43 now in a 162 season yeah in 162 yeah that is um i don't know it's <laughs> unfathomable. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Well, we push on because what else are we going to do? Um, not a whole lot going on with this team, as one would imagine. Uh, we are a little less than two weeks from the trade deadline. That is going to be the focus of most of the show. Um, but first, there's a few news things just to touch on. I don't think either of us will have too much to say about any of it but just a couple of housekeeping notes um a couple of minor injuries uh christian vasquez and jackie bradley jr are both out of the lineup for at least a couple of days um doesn't seem like either are too much of a concern but especially with vasquez when you're talking about a team that can't win a single game for more than a week uh it's not it's not what you want um also andrew benintendi does not seem super close to returning um, which is kind of classic Red Sox the last few years. They said he was only going to miss 10 days, um, and now he's not close to returning, and it's been like seven days or whatever. So not that he was a big part of the lineup, but still would be nice to give him a chance to get going, and now we don't know when he's going to be back. So I don't know if you have anything to add with those injuries, but that's where they stand. Yeah, I guess like I would rather – I would prefer them to make sure everything with Ben Attendi is – 100%. We definitely don't need him this year um, to lose games. And uh, if anything, it gives more time to highlight players that might become trade bait at this upcoming trade deadline that's just 13 days away. So um, the the thing that is a little concerning here, and thankfully we have a pretty good backup in Kevin Pulecki, but um, Christian Vasquez dealing with uh, the plantar fasciitis, that's something that can stick around. Oh. So hopefully they take care of that right away. I had... Uh something similar not to be the guy that compares his injuries to professional athletes but i guess i'm going to do exactly that um <laughs> i had achilles tendonitis a couple of years ago and i d- couldn't walk for like two and a half months so foot injuries are no fun just ask albert Pujols. yeah i've, I've torn my uh, achilles before well, so just one-upping was, me on my own yeah, podcast really not fun getting owned <laughs> it wasn't a full tear though so right. i didn't uh, it didn't like roll off on my leg a <laughs> uh, little more happy news i think uh tristan Casas is being added to the alternate site i don't believe that it's been made official yet but chris Cotillo um reported that 
on Monday, I believe. Either Sunday or Monday reported that that was going to happen at some point. Um, most likely, this is just to get him some reps with coaches in person. Uh, right now, prospects who aren't at the alternate site have to do like Zoom workouts, which I can't imagine does very much. So, be nice to get him in person. There is the point that has to be made that Will Middlebrooks made on Twitter um, that there's going to be a lot of prospects being added to player pools over the next two weeks because prospects need to be in the player pool to be traded. Um, I still haven't seen anything to clarify the player to be named later loophole, but it seems like prospects are going to be added. So Middlebrooks brought up the possibility of Casas being possibly a trade piece. That makes zero sense to me, but I guess it was worth mentioning. Um, but I, I feel like it's just to get work with the coaches. Yeah, that's 100% what it is. There, I would like... I would bet the farm uh, that Tristan Costas is not going anywhere. Jeter Downs is not going anywhere. These are exactly the type of assets they'd be looking to acquire, uh, not get rid of. So, um, yeah, and I think this was the plan. The Sox prospects guys talked about this. um, And basically from the time the player pool was um, decided on from the beginning, the Sox prospects guys thought that after, like, two or three weeks into the season that this very thing would happen um, in order to kind of like let the roster settle a little bit and then bring him up to to get work later in the season because you know he's just working out on his own if he's not there so gives him some exposure to a lot of the other uh, big name players and big leaguers yeah for sure and um there's also been some whispers that the player pool is going to be um expanded to 75 i don't know exactly what the deal with that is but i've seen some people talking about that on twitter so that would obviously make adding him a little bit easier but yeah like i said it, unless there's like i don't even know who but some like 25 year old starting pitcher that is just incredible becomes available which it just isn't gonna happen so there's no trade that tristan Costa is gonna be involved in that's realistic so it's definitely just to get work um yeah they all, Red Sox also made an addition on the waiver wire, but for once it was not a pitcher. Uh, former trust top prospect uh, Christian Arroyo, former Giants and Rays prospect. Some connections with Heim Bloom. He was uh, part of the return in the Evan Longoria trade a few years ago. Uh, he has been added on waivers, has not been added to the roster just yet. He's out of options, so he'll have to be on the active roster whenever he does get added. But um, I thought it was a little interesting to add another infielder. Um, I think this makes more sense to me now that it seems like Benintendi's not going to return anytime soon because Jose Peraza at that point kind of turns into an outfielder. Zui Lin, sort of the same thing. He's starting at center field tonight. Uh, we're recording this before Tuesday's game. So it gives them a little more infield depth, I guess. But before I knew that Benintendi was not going to be back within 10 days, I was a little confused by it. Yeah, I still don't think he actually plays at all. Um I don't really like see a place where he would play over some of these other guys. Um, I guess to spell Devers if they needed that. Um, but I would rather see them just play Peraza at third and play Suwei Lin in the outfield uh, if they needed to do that. Then you know I'd just rather see Suwei Lin, Jonathan Arreus, and the guys that are already there get work rather than him. I find him like. To have 
zero interest or value. And I think at the end of the day, we're going to look at this Arroyo claim as just like another meaningless move. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the plan here is to, after having him up for a couple of days, designate him again and just try and get him through waivers, keep him in the yeah, system without being sense. on the 40-man. Um, because, yeah, I mean, he's got some pedigree, but there's just really, he's a, he hits like a middle infielder, but he can't play the middle infield. Like, if he could play shortstop or second base, he would be solid. Or if he could hit for a little more power, he could be solid at third base. He's just kind of one of those tweeners that's hasn't been able to find that stride at either spot. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's see. Josh Taylor came back on Monday. Um, actually looked good. One of the few Red Sox pitchers who has looked good. He threw nine pitches in a perfect inning. Um, yeah, I mean, he looked like Josh Taylor. I, I think we're both big Josh Taylor fans, so it's just good to see him back on the mound and good to see that he didn't pick up the disease that is plaguing the rest of this Red Sox pitching staff. Maybe we should quarantine him from the rest of the staff. <laughs> Probably not the worst <laughs> idea. Um, and then last bit of news, no surprise here, um, Sam Kennedy, God bless him for being a total moron. Uh, he has been had his heart set on having fans at Fenway this year. Uh, officially came down that that is not going to happen. Um, no fans at any sporting events through the month of September. Obviously, the Red Sox are not going to be playing in October. So anyone who wanted to go to Fenway, first of all, what are you doing? Um, both because why are you going to Fenway during a pandemic and also why are you paying money to see this Red Sox team? Um, yeah, but, that's yeah. the real. That's the worst part, yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a double whammy. Like, not only is it just terribly unsafe, but it is just terribly not fun. So, like I said, no surprise. I guess that's a bigger deal probably for the Patriots. But either way, don't go to a sporting event, guys. Come on, just wait. We'll we'll get through this. Just don't go. Yeah. All right. So now we are going to talk a little bit about the trade deadline. Um, Earlier in the week on Monday, I wrote about pretty much all of the regulars on the Red Sox. Um, so all their regular starting position players, their two actual starting pitchers, um, Workman and Barnes I threw in there. Um, just anybody who could potentially be up for trade discussions, obviously the Red Sox, are going to be sellers at this trade deadline. Um so I kind of put them into tiers, um, starting with guys that should absolutely not be traded, going down to maybe not actively shopping them, but certainly will listen to the guys that you're calling other people about. Um, so I figured we could go through this list, see if you mm -hmm. disagree with me on any of these guys. I'll start at the bottom with the untouchables. I put Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers together at the very bottom of this list. Um, I just I don't see any scenario where I'm trading these guys. This is I said this on Twitter this morning. Um, you don't trade these guys to rebuild. You build around them. These are building blocks. Yeah, that's exactly right, Matt. And um, you know. This it really pisses me off that people have taken this to this extreme about you know well they traded Mookie Betts so like no one's safe and you know I'm not gonna rehash the Mookie Betts thing but like each situation you sure, is its you sure own we haven't situation. talked about the Mookie Betts trade enough 
Oh my god, <laughs> seriously. But like, you know, to to start talking about trading this guy during this season, like especially the Xander Bogarts thing, it blows my mind because I think way too often we get trapped in this fantasy baseball type of mentality when we're looking at professional sports teams and we're like, well, you know, we just need to replace that production with this and, you know, we can get some chips here and like, no, 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 no. Like, you don't get it. You don't get to replace guys like Xander Bogarts in the clubhouse just by trading him. You know, like that impact is so much bigger than just on the field. It's so much bigger with the identity, with your fans. The Red Sox ownership really heavily discounted that when they did trade Mookie Betts. Like, they didn't realize quite what Mookie Betts meant to the fan base. Um, They underestimated that impact. And, like, you cannot make that mistake twice. Xander Bogarts is absolutely in that same conversation as Mookie Betts. And even more so, he's more of a leader, more of a vocal leader in the clubhouse than even Mookie Betts was. So while he might not be as talented a a player... um, I think his impact is just as big on on the team's success going forward. So to me, it's absolutely insane to even entertain the idea of that. Like you said, it is like these are the pieces that you surround with talent. Any other person, you can make an argument. Those two guys, there is no discussion. I don't need like the only thing that I could even think about is if lunatic Artie Moreno comes to you and he's like, hey, here's Trout. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's what what I said. I mean, also, like, Tatis or, like, an Acuna or, like, one of these, like, elite, like, top-tier trade value guys. But, yeah, I mean, those are – that's obviously not going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Nationals aren't calling you up and being like, hey, you want Soto? Yeah, exactly. Like, if we're dealing at the real world here, yeah, there's no deal. Um, I should mention that – Part of the reason that Jake is so fired up is that Ken Rosenthal uh, wrote a little bit of a notes column Tuesday morning, and part of that was talking about the idea of trading Bogarts, uh, kind of mentioning his opt-out after the 2022 season, um, mentions that there's a bunch of free agent shortstops uh, over those two, 2021 and 2022. Uh, Lindor, Correa, Seager, Baez, Story are all free agents so the market for shortstops could be reset and I mean I think that's a valid point but the Red Sox and Pogarts have already shown a willingness to work together um even in this season I haven't really gotten the sense that Pogarts wants out um he's just he's a guy that you build around so it didn't seem like it was something that was imminent or anything um part of the report uh, sentence from this report the Sox also consider Bogarts extremely important to the franchise as they attempt to re- uh, retool so I don't think this is going to happen but it was sort of a topic of conversation um but yeah I mean this is just they brought Hein Bloom in to be creative in their rebuild I can't think of anything less creative than trading a superstar in his prime and that is the yeah. easiest way to rebuild anybody could get star prospects back for Xander Bogarts. So um, I don't think it's going to happen, but it was something that came up, unfortunately, because we're not allowed to be happy for a second in this 2020. Yeah. It just made me so mad. Uh, And I'm going to write about it later, but, you know, it just, 
Man, I'm still like, my blood is boiling just thinking about anybody thinking that this is a good idea. Yeah. I, Anyone. Yeah. I, I just, I don't think, I don't think, I didn't really get many responses that were like, they should do it either, which was a little surprising because uh, it's Twitter. So you think that I've gotten a few of these like, buckle up, like anything can happen because yeah, they did I've, it to bets. And like, I it's don't just actually not necessarily disagree with that, but also. My headspace is just not in a place where I, I mean, right now I'm just expecting the worst on anything. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Next up, I had Alex Verdugo, just a little bit below those guys. Um, basically, just because he doesn't have the same track record, but he's also in that mostly untouchable list. Yeah, he was a clear number three for me. Um, I actually have it, uh, even though I think Devers is, you know, comparable or potentially a better uh player uh you know potentially i think he has a higher ceiling than xander bogarts i have xander in his own category i have a little bit of a gap then i have devers and then i have a substantial gap and then i have verdugo but let me just say like i'm fully committed to those three players being part of the next good red sox team yeah for sure i think that's pretty clear um and obviously you give up somebody like bookie bets for him you're not gonna turn around and trade him again unless the Padres get drunk and offer Tatis or something like that. Can we give ourselves a little pat on the back, too? Because every once in a while, we get something right. And I feel like at the beginning of this season, we've been calling for Alex Verdugo to lead off for this team. And the organization has finally figured out, like, it's probably a pretty good thing. And even though he has gotten a few starts not in the leadoff spot, like, I think it's, they're coming around to the idea that this kid's a leadoff hitter. Yeah, I think they... I mean, I... I talked about this a little bit at the beginning of the season. I think they always saw that. I just think they didn't want to rush him in. Um, and then yeah. it became pretty clear right away that he wasn't really going to be affected by being that best replacement. Um, I think there was some valid concern there, just because anybody could be affected by that. But, sure. yeah. Um, they're still leading off Kevin Pillar against lefties, though, which is just absolutely insane. Riding the old hot hand. It's crazy. I mean, I, he's he's playing well, and he's still not a leadoff hitter. Just put him at in like the five hole. Just it's I don't know. Yeah, don't get me started on that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree. All right. So next, I had uh, Christian Vasquez. Uh, Vasquez seems to be a guy that some people are talking about that they should trade. Um, I've seen a lot of people float the idea of trading Vasquez and siding Real Muto, which. A, I mean, I think it's bold to assume that Real Mudo is going to make it to the open market. I think ultimately the Phillies kind of have to re-sign him. Um, but also, just spend that money somewhere else. You already have, I mean, Vasquez is not Real Mudo, don't get me wrong, but you already have somebody who is very good two-way catcher. Don't don't mess that up. Yeah, it would be a horrible allocation of resources. You're exactly right. And that's not to say that Real Mudo doesn't impact the game in many different ways, but... Um, you know, the only difference between Vasquez and Real Muto to me is that Real Muto has a better stick, and Christian has actually been hitting pretty well over the last two seasons, and he's going to be paid a fraction of what Real Muto is paid, and there's just so much work that needs to be done on this roster that it makes no sense to me, especially because Christian, he's the longest tenured Red Sox at this point, right? I mean, he's been here forever. Uh, uh, I think so. Yeah, I mean, he's 30, but I think he signed with the team. Like, he was drafted in 08, 08 so, yeah. yeah, he's been here for 
for a, a bit. Yeah, I mean, you just you can't find a two-way catcher for the contract that he's signed to. No. Yeah, so we agree on that. This one I know you're not going to agree with. Um, this is a little bit of an explainer. So I put Michael Chavis in this sort of untouchable category, but not because of talent or anything. He's definitely not with those guys. I only put him here because I don't know what his trade value is right now, and mm. I would rather just wait out the season. I wouldn't entertain trading him at all at the deadline just because I don't feel like they would get enough back to justify it. Yeah, uh, I like you said, I do disagree. Um, I think I've already made my judgments on Chavis, um, and... I, I'm not going to say like he's not going to ever improve as a player, but I just don't think he's right for this team uh, right now. I just don't I don't think the fit is optimal uh, for what the Red Sox have going on. For me, the next guy who would be on that no-trade list would be Chris Sale. I didn't include um, – I should have clarified that. I didn't include anybody who didn't play this year. So there's no Eduardo okay. Rodriguez on this list. There's no Chris Sale okay. on this list. But, yeah, I wouldn't uh, trade Chris Sale either. Yeah. Because uh, that's just such a culture guy, too. Yeah, and plus, I mean, you don't get, you're not going to get anything for a guy that's rehabbing from Tommy John. You're going to get, like, 20 cents on the dollar. No, and it's a terrible idea to trade aces. Yeah, uh, most especially of the time. when you have Nathan Ovaldi as your ace, as we speak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with the Chavis thing, I just, I'll just explain my point just a little bit more. He's a bit of a tweener between first and second base. Um, he doesn't seem like an exceptional fit. For the outfield, it's just hard for me to imagine both that he improves and that he becomes an optimal fit for the next really good Red Sox team. But I do agree with you that I think his trade value will be minimal. Um, I'm just not sure that it will ever be what we want it to be. Yeah, I've always been kind of the high guy on Chavis, so I'm yeah. probably more inclined to hold on to him. I'd also kind of like to see Bobby Dalbeck against Major League Pitching before I make a decision on either of those guys. Yeah, I wouldn't I want totally to trade Chavis without having seen that yet. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, that makes a lot of sense. But those, so those are my only four in the mostly untouchable group. Um, so then I moved into the kind of not actively shopping, but definitely listening. Um, I had Mitch Moreland, which I think more people would want to shop, but I think Moreland is a big-time clubhouse guy. I think you have two young first basemen in Dahlbeck and Chavis that could learn a lot from him. 
and I just I don't think they're getting a lot from Moreland. So unless like I'm totally surprised by what somebody's willing to give up, I think he's more valuable as a guy you just keep around and teach. And maybe he's here for a couple of years and he could teach Tristan Casas in spring training too. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Unless somebody comes to you with a you know borderline top 100 prospect offer for Mitch Moreland. I don't think you think about it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they would get a top two hundred prospect for him. I mean, he's he's a platoon bat. I mean, he's yeah, good at it, but nobody's and, giving up something for a platoon bat. Yeah, and the only time I could actually see uh, Mitch Moreland trade, first of all, I don't think anybody would um, trade for just Mitch Moreland for the Red Sox because they they wouldn't get a lot. But if he was a throw-in as part of a larger deal, let's just say they traded Mitch Moreland and Brandon Workman or something like that to a team who has World Series aspirations and they view him sort of as that um, you know, defensive replacement, um, sometimes off the bench bat guy and character guy to put that clubhouse over the top, um, I could see the Red Sox packaging two of those guys together to get that return piece that they want. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I kind of wrote this with one-on-ones just in mind because it just it gets too complicated if you think about packaging. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, he's probably not a guy you trade by yourself, um, by himself. You're right. Yeah. Um, next I have Nathan Ovaldi. Um, his contract is not great, so I'm certainly not – Pooing the idea of dealing him, but I think we've talked about this. The Red Sox just have no pitching, and yeah, you gotta. I mean, eventually you just gotta keep guys. So, um, and I he just ha- he hasn't been pitching well enough that anybody's gonna barrel you over with a deal for Nathan Ivaldi unless they want to put him in the bullpen. But they're not gonna take that contract to put him in the bullpen. His deal still kind of blows my mind, man. I can't believe that Dombrowski I still don't seventeen mind it. mil per. I still don't mind it. The guy destroyed himself I, w- I would have felt very shitty if they didn't pay him it's 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 not wrong great, but I baseball just, move uh it's the right human just move. as like a yeah, um, just like morally like the guy threw six million pitches it, as an injury prone pitcher about to hit free agency like yeah i'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you though that. i'm just not sure he's a starter oh i don't think he is either <laughs> Like, you know, and that's the that's the thing. I was talking about this with Keaton. Like, his best role is what he was down the stretch for the 2018 team as, like, a multi-inning shutdown reliever, Do, yeah, you know? Put in what they want Colton Brewer to be. Like, yeah, exactly. They, like, they, um, they but you don't play Colton 17 Brewer. mil for that. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, it's definitely not a good deal, like I said. It's just ethically, <laughs> I feel I would have not felt good about making him hit free agency and then watching him get like a one year seven million deal that just that would have made me feel bad um next up i had benintendi um i feel like there's not a whole lot to say here everybody knows where you're at with benintendi i feel like everybody's kind of dug their heels in on what they think of him i think i'm higher on him than a lot of people moving forward um but i just if somebody calls you and is talking to you like they believe Benintendi is that all-star, then absolutely work those phones. But I wouldn't like go out shopping him because I just don't think his value is very high right now. Yeah, I, I don't think his value is very high right now either. Um, I keep thinking about 
the situation that's happening in Cleveland right now. I with, mentioned to him, yeah. Yeah, with with Zach Plesac, um specifically, you know, a guy who's young and talented, but obviously making some pretty horrible, selfish decisions. But Cleveland has struggled to find offense, specifically outfielders, over the last few seasons. Um, and I think you may have to pay more uh, than just Benintendi to get that done. But, like, that's a team that's lacking offensive pieces. I could see, you know, a J.D. Martinez, Benintendi type thing making a lot of sense for that club. Um, and, you know, Plesak coming back. Because if you read any of the the player comments uh, about that meeting that they had, I mean, some of those guys are legitimately done with Plesak and Clevenger. Oliver Perez said he was going to opt out if they got put back on the roster right away yeah exactly and you know if, if you haven't been paying attention to police act season this year and i know you have matt he's got like over a 30 percent k minus walk rate he's basically pitching out of his mind uh in the starts that he's made and he's made some real strides so i mean that would be a good arm for the red Sox to get and just have to deal with him being like kind of a selfish person yeah um so I wrote, I actually wrote about the Indians this morning as trade partners. Do you know what their WRC plus is on the outfield this year? Seventy-eight. So much worse. It is thirty-two. Oh. Jesus, <laughs> it seems impossible. Yes. Yeah, so oh. um, I think they make a lot of sense. I did mention the possibility of Benintendi plus for Clevenger or Plesac, and Plesac's probably more likely to move than Clevenger. Um, mm-hmm. I just. I feel like that's something that's going to happen over the winter, them, them moving one of those guys. I don't know that any team would want to take them on in the middle of a season like this. Just what does that say to your team? Uh, hey, I know we're playing in the middle of a pandemic. We're also going to take we're going to take on the face of people that just aren't taking this seriously. I don't know that that would go over well. Uh, but I do think that would be something to keep an eye on over the winter. Um, I don't know. I definitely think they would have to add more. But I don't know how yeah. much. But that is something that would be interesting. Plus, J- the J.D. Martinez thing with them, and I guess we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but it's okay. Um, I just don't know how much sense that makes with Cleveland because they have Fran Reyes. And if you trade mm-hmm. for J.D. Martinez, one of those guys has to play the outfield every day. And right. I don't think they want that. Yeah, I, I think they could hide Fran Mill in left field um, to a degree. Because I don't, I definitely don't think you want JD in the field, considering yeah. the fragility issues yeah, that he has. Problems. Exactly, but I think that you would be okay dealing with a lesser outfield, especially because they have so many guys on their bench, like Nake Nake and guys like that, who could come in as a late defensive replacement when the game is in hand. I mean, that team, that team has to score like four runs in order to win yeah. every single game, um, because their pitching staff is so good. So. To me, like adding the two bats, it just makes so much damn sense. I think so too, but I think it, I think ultimately it'd be more likely that it would be a Jackie Bradley or Kevin Pillar trade because even though those guys aren't great hitters, they're up to, they're upgrades on thirty two WRC plus. Sure, yeah. I mean, uh, I'll drive them to the airport. <laughs> sure. Well, I'm not going anywhere near an airport, but. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the last guy I had in the maybe tier was Matt Barnes. Um, I would probably have him in the actively shop tier if he was pitching better, um, but he just isn't pitching well enough. 
I think the sample is small enough that teams definitely would still believe in him. But with him having one more year left, I wouldn't mind giving him the month of September to kind of rebuild that value and then revisiting it over the offseason. Yeah, I'm holding Matt Barnes. I just don't think you can expect anything for him. If if someone bowls you over with, you know, 2019 Matt Barnes value, sure. But, yeah, know, I don't think he that's falls coming. into... Yeah, he, he falls into that category of let's let's wait. He's kind of like in the Michael Chavis category. For yeah, me. for sure. Um, so then the last tier was pretty much actively shopping. Um, I don't think any of these names are going to be major surprises. Uh, I started with Heath Hembry, um, who's actually been pitching very well this year. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to trade him today like, before <laughs> the next too. time he pitches. Whatever you can get. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right. I, I figured we'd agree on that. Uh, Kevin Pillar, I think you can only trade. I had Kevin Pillar and Jackie Bradley Jr. here. I think you only trade one of them. So I'm just trying to see who I'm getting more for. But um, one, I, I would be very surprised if both of these guys are on the team September 1. Yeah, I think uh, trading one or both makes a lot of sense. Also, I think it really depends on what your plan is with center field next year. You know, if you're if you're planning on that being a position that you're actively targeting a free agent for, then um, I think you only trade one um, and let the other guys stay here. But if that's a position that you're thinking about handing off to Jaron Duran next year, then I think. You know, it's not the worst thing in the world to trade both and start giving Duran major league reps. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're ready to hand Duran a starting job yet. Um, and I'm big on Duran. Everybody knows that. But I think he's best case scenario is midway through next season. Um, I'd be I, I that's the reason I want to keep one is because I don't think he I would love to have Duran as like a fourth outfielder. I don't want him playing every day just yet. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. I just uh, I'm I'm pretty bullish on the strides he made with his oh, uh, hand me, position. With um, so I think he can do it, and I think he can he can produce offense at least to the level of Jackie Bradley Jr., which is not saying a lot. But you know, I think he he's not that much of a downgrade versus the guys they have there. Well, maybe not offensively overall. Yeah, overall for sure. I mean, the defense is not going to be yeah. like those guys. Um, next I had Brandon Workman, fairly self-explanatory. He's a free agent at the end of the year. I don't, I mean, that's just what you do. You're a rebuilding team. You have a closer that's about to be free agent. You trade him. That's just basic. Um, Martin Perez, another guy I am trying to trade yesterday. Um, I just, I don't believe in his numbers. And if somebody does, by all means, take him. I know, I think you believe in him a little bit more than I do. I just I yeah. just don't see it. I just think Martin Perez is a fine fifth starter for a good team, and I uh, have some faith that this Red Sox team next year has a chance to be okay. Uh, so I, I just don't think that the market is anything for him. So um, I would probably lean towards keeping Martin Perez. And someone has to pitch these innings, man. I don't think I can handle um, – Going from one starter to to uh, two starters to one starter. Well, don't you worry. <laughs> if Martin Perez gets traded, don't you worry. They have uh, Seth Blair 
was recently signed. Uh, who else they have? Yeah, they got some Chris Mazza. Um, maybe Mike Schwarren can get a start. Um, no, yeah, I hear you, but I just I I want to. I would rather have, I think you could find a fifth starter pretty easily next year. I would rather get the lottery ticket for Perez and then find a different fifth starter that um, strikes out more batters than he walks. Yeah, I see the argument, but I'm, I'm going to be a Martin Perez stand. Somebody has to. Yeah. Um, I, I should say, he seems like the coolest guy in the world. So uh, yeah. he's, he's had like that show on Nessun. He's like a venezuelan karaoke singer um he had i think it was a boar like killed one of his cattle one time so he just killed it and ate it um he's (laughs) yeah he's just the best but he's just not very good at pitching unfortunately well i mean with a a rebuilding team those types of guys like clubhouse guys are important too we talked about it with moreland it's maybe you keep martin perez as your fifth not because he's markedly better than any other scrub fifth starter you can get but maybe he's just a better clubhouse dude yeah that's fair um i'd still rather trade him though (laughs) and then uh number one tradable guy i think everybody would agree is jd martinez um yeah everybody's talking about him like he's gonna opt out this winter we've already talked about this a bunch i don't see that happening but um the trade market is is as big as it's ever been for him just because the NL has a DH. Um, there are all these weird teams like the Tigers and the Orioles and the Marlins that are actually in the playoff race that might push in a little bit for J.D. Martinez, especially as a guy who can kind of teach their young hitters too uh, for the next couple of years. So I, I don't know that they're going to make a trade just because I don't know that anybody's going to make a trade at this deadline, but... If there, if this is something close to a normal deadline, I think you have to trade Gini Martinez as much as it pains me to say. Yeah, I just think there's no team that makes more sense than those Indians, man. I'm looking at their roster resource page right now. They are actively playing Domingo Santana, oh, yeah. Tyler Naquin, and Delano DeShields. I mean, like I said, it all comes down to their willingness to play Framil Reyes in the field. If yeah. they're willing to do that, then yeah, they have to be all over Gini Martinez. Yeah. I mean, they should. They should look at. I mean, the way that that team is pitching, it's bananas. It's absolutely yeah, bananas. I, I don't. I don't. Even disagree. their their uh, their relievers also, are damn good too. It also may, means that they have to spend money on a big contract, though. That's not their mo. That's true, but you know their payroll right now is like six hundred and eight thousand or one hundred and eight million. <laughs> one hundred eight thousand sounded closer to the truth. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I think that makes sense. I think there's a lot of teams that make sense. I mean, there's so many teams that are in contention because, like, everybody makes the playoffs this year. So um, who couldn't use a big bat? Yeah. Fenway Central, they could send them to uh, Milwaukee. Fenway Central? Yeah, they've got so many uh, former Red Sox over there. Do they? Well, they got Brock. They had... Uh, the uh, mayor of Ding Dong City. They have um, your boy. They had your boy for a while. Um, this is Marco. Her- Marco, uh, what's his name? Uh, all right, we'll put some respect on this name. This is Mauricio Dubon, <laughs> and this is some Dubon. Yeah, thin, that's it. That's a thin case to call them Fenway Central. I don't endorse that nickname. I think Cleveland might be just because of Terry Francona, but Tito. Um, 
yeah, so that's the list. I thought we were going to disagree a little bit more, but apparently I'm just too smart. Um, <laughs> so I guess just very quickly, um, the other side of the trade deadline would mean some playing time for prospects. So some guys that I mentioned, Bobby Dalbeck, Kyle Hart, Tanner Hoke, Jaron Duran, Josh Ockamy. Um, any of those guys stand out or anybody else that you think could benefit from a deadline deal and get some playing time down the stretch? Mm. I don't think anything for CJ Chatham because the middle infield's so clogged, yeah. but I think Bobby Dahlbeck makes a ton of sense. Uh, I really don't have any interest in seeing anybody on this list other than Duran and Dahlbeck on the position player side, unless they felt Jeter Downs was ready, but I don't think you bring him into this shit show of a season. I don't know where you play him either. I mean, I guess you put him at second base. Yeah, I don't think... Um... He's kind of well, like, if you bring him up, he's immediately your second baseman. Yeah, for the That's he's my, yeah he's playing at least like sixty percent of the time. You yeah. don't bring him up, yeah, for sure. But I don't I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think Duran is necessarily gonna happen either. They're kind of similar points on the development. They both have like a half season, a double A, and it's just so hard to gauge what that means without a minor league season this year. So it seems like what we're looking at for this season is probably Dahlbeck at some point. Um, likely Hauk or Mata in September and maybe nothing else that matters uh, yeah that sounds about right I don't even know that Mata's going to come up um, he threw really well today yeah it's just I don't know that they want to throw him out there it's a big jump yeah it is a big jump I'm trying to think of who else they could even just like add that's not already, already on the player pool but I don't know who it would be Maybe I'm surprised Marcus Wilson isn't up yet, but that could be another guy, I guess. I don't know what he's up to these days. He strikes me as a very quad A guy. He's super boomer bust. He's about as a boomer bust as it gets. Because he is a freak, freak athlete, and he's got monster power, but he just does not make contact. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right. It's Dahlbeck and Hauk. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, Not a lot to look forward to. Yeah, there. so uh, these are your 2020 Red Sox. Uh, <laughs> just a couple of questions today before we finish it out. Uh, Keaton asks, if chicks dig the long ball but hitters aren't allowed to sw- swing to hit long balls, how will we keep, keep the chicks satisfied? Is that a... I'm assuming that's Tatis. Tatis reference. Yeah. yeah. Um, that whole thing is so stupid. Jace Tingler should be fired. 100%. How do you throw your superstar under the bus like that? Get out of here. That is the weakest shit yeah. I've ever seen in my life total from cl- a manager. Total clown. Like, I don't know how if you're Preller, you see that just happen to Tatis, who is, like, your gem. Like, he is the franchise. Yeah. I don't know how you see that, and you're like, yeah, this is the guy who's going to manage us to a World Series? Get the fuck I'm, out of I'm here. I'm sure they had a conversation after that. It's like, yeah, you don't you do not do that. Anybody else, you can do that. You don't do that with Tatis. Yeah. It's, like, unbelievable to me. Unbelievable. I don't, under, I don't know how we're still here. It's 2020. Did you hear that, um, that moron who they put on MLB Network, uh, the guy from New York, the dog or whatever his name oh, is Russo? i can't remember the guy who's just yeah, constantly Russo. screaming 
Mad Dog Russo like made the most racial comment about him today. <laughs> called him an NBA type guy. Yeesh. I mean, what do you think that yeah. means? It's just like these old dudes that have no clue what is going on in this game need to step out of the way because you know what? If you're gonna bark at Soto for hitting a ding dong off you like Will Smith did, like throw a better pitch. Yeah, exactly. You know, same thing with this like three zero count. Uh, Johnny Bench made a point about this. He's like. Okay, what if you take that pitch? It's 3-1, then all of a sudden it's 3-2, then you're striking out. Like, you know, it's not these guys' responsibilities. Play better. That's what uh, Eduardo Rodriguez said. Um, it was basically like, what did he say? He said, 3-0 counts rule. Uh, you just have to pitch better. And he's like, I take myself as an example because I am the king of 3-0 counts. <laughs> so. I liked the little self-deprecation yeah. that he threw into that. That tweet. Yeah, well done, Eddie. He, he's doing yes. good. Uh, let's see. Jackson Posey always has the weirdest questions. No idea what's going on with this one. After creating a bar of soap, Rafi has a conundrum. He could use the bar of soap, thus increasing his attractiveness, or chew it, a creative way to wean himself off of tobacco. Help Rafi make this decision. Dude, uh, what are you doing? Here, I don't know what's going on. Here. I'm assuming it's poisonous, <laughs> so I would not chew the soap. Yeah, you never chew soap, man. It's just As somebody who has uh, weaned themselves off of tobacco, I would just say stop hanging out with people that are chewing tobacco. It'll make it a lot easier. Pretty tough at a baseball clubhouse, though. Yeah, just uh. You know the gum. You gotta you gotta become reliant on something else. You gotta just become a gum guy. Yeah, nah, gum's gross too. Gum might be gross right. to be honest, but probably not. No, <laughs> the gum doesn't give you a mouth cancer. So I didn't. Gum wins. People gotta cut it out. Uh, uh, bubbles gross me out. People blow bubbles. It's like, what are you doing? I don't. I don't need to you see what, what you're chewing. I keep. <laughs> you know what's gross? Waking up in the morning and having the whole bottom layer of skin on your lip fall right off. That's pretty gross too. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> right, I think that's gonna do it for our questions. We had a million questions that basically were some variation of why. Um, I don't have an answer for that, so I'm just not gonna answer those. Uh, but that is gonna do it for this one. Uh, next time we talk, it will be. Pretty close to the trade deadline, so maybe there will be some rumors. Maybe the Red Sox will have won exactly one game by that point. Only time will tell. Uh, but we are on Twitter. Jake is on, at DevJake. I am at OverTheMonster. Um, do the subscribing and the rating and all that stuff that every podcast says at the end. Um, read the website, OverTheMonster.com. What I miss? Uh, just your recent work. You know, if you got anything coming out, I'm gonna write a piece about how it's the dumbest thing in the world to trade Xander. Uh, so look for that later in the week. Matt writes about a billion things every day. So uh, go to the Over the Monster site to to see that stuff. That sounds good. So I think we're gonna close it there. Uh, Keaton and Shelly will be back with you on Thursday after the Philly series. Jake and Keaton will be back with you. I don't know when you guys are going. Tuesday, I think. So Monday, Tuesday, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So we will be with you through the rest of this train wreck of a season. All right. Toot toot. See ya.